0: Hello, my name is Nikki Bell and I'm the co-founder of Everywhere Plus and welcome to our spin off podcast series, the Charity Virtual Events Podcast. And what we'll be doing in this Fringe Podcast is speaking to virtual and hybrid event hosts, curators, thought leaders, professionals, so that you, the fantastic fundraiser that you are, will have the tools and confidence you need to move ahead with your virtual events. Oh, there's me. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's session, where we are learning about generating income with your virtual event. Um, if you have been with Everywhere Plus for you know the past few years, you will have heard us talk a lot about the benefits of using virtual events for stewardship, um, and increasing uh, income and building relationships with your supporters over the long term um, to deepen those relationships and uh, raise more more money uh, overall. However, we understand from uh, chatting with our clients uh, who host their webinars and conferences on Everywhere Plus um, that you folks are also having great success with using your virtual events and webinars to actually raise uh, and make money upfront as well. Um, and it's not just you. Um, so a little bit of backstory for those of you um, that are, are new here. Everywhere Plus was created because myself and Simon Scriver, who you'll meet uh, later on, we created a virtual conference of our own. Um, And we wanted to use this conference to upskill people and build confidence and and build connections. And it was really important for us that the people at this conference had a great and wonderful experience, but there wasn't a platform that existed that did all of the great things that we wanted to see. And that's the Everywhere Plus platform uh, that we created. Uh, to fulfill fulfill those needs. Um, And we still run fundraising everywhere. Some of you uh, may have heard of that. That might be where you found out about Everywhere Plus. Um, and through Fundraising Everywhere, we actually uh, generate hundreds of thousands of pounds of sponsorship income from the conferences that we host uh, through the year. Um, and it's not just sponsorship um, that, we, that we make income from. Uh, we sell tickets to these events. Uh, we have our content available on demand as well. So, you know, we still make income from conferences that we that we held two years ago um, and in addition to that we also have uh, customers hosting their own content on our platform as well and, and making money that way through take it in through sponsorship and um, through merchandise sales so we wanted to bring all of that insight uh, together today to share with you how you can make money up front with your virtual events because we know um, obviously that 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 quick injection uh, of cash is, is super important for you as well and um, so how it's going to work I'll be on 1st Going to talk a little bit about sponsorship um, and then Simon is uh, going to join us a little bit later on to talk us through uh, the, the rest of, of the bits and bits and pieces. Um, so the first section? We will be looking at uh, ways that you can actually uh, engage with your supporters um, and supporters with your sponsors, who actually might be supporters uh, in some cases, uh, and how you can weave them into into your events. I'm actually going to do a little screen share with you. Uh, this is live as well, so if there's anything specific that you're looking for with this, please do let me know. Um, and I'm actually going to show you where you can weave these people into your virtual events. Then we'll uh, take a little look at ticket sales and marketing, um, and then fundraising an ongoing income um, as well. But first of all, I just wanted to kick us off with um, why virtual events are so amazing because um, I have this conversation almost weekly on LinkedIn. Um, I cannot tell, but someone will say something and I get, I get pulled uh, into uh, into the conversation where they're like, in-person is uh, superior and it's, every, it's the only thing that everybody ever wants to do. Um, And that's just not true. Um, Obviously, you know, we've got this virtual events platform that's hosting things for hundreds of people every single day, every single week. So we know that in some cases, um, people prefer the online medium to the in-person one. But sponsors at the moment, like they're a little bit torn. So there is a a bit of a pull at the moment because of the return um, of in-person events. And there is that almost... I don't know, like a, it's excitement, isn't it, of being back in a room with with people? Um, and they're they're trying to figure out, you know, is in person better because of the face to face connection? Which, yes, you know, in person that can happen uh, a lot better than than it can over virtual. Or does the flexibility and choice of a, a virtual offer mean that more online attendees are willing to engage? Now, for us, obviously, we lean we lean into the latter. So our sponsors, they want in-person activity because they think that it offers more opportunities to engage. They can get in front of people, but they need to remember that that way of doing things previously, you were basically forcing people to listen to a pitch because you got like this two minute slot at the beginning of the networking session or whatever. And then you were desperately trying to make eye contact with people who were actively avoiding eye contact and, you know, giving bribes and sweets and things like that to get them to come to your table. We find that with the online element, they can actually build trust and credibility by showing people how they help, showing people their case studies and and their charities. And then they can actually generate quality leads by featuring, you know, email before download, uh, data capture for any resources. Maybe they've actually sponsored to get the data as part of that. And then they can actually follow that up at a later date to move that relationship forward. That obviously puts um, the responsibility on them to have like a killer sales process and and, and a great salesperson. But that's a them issue. You have done your bit in making sure that that connection is is there. Now, there are some other benefits as well for virtual. And when someone gets involved with your virtual event and they don't have to spend you know thousands of pounds for extra materials um they're not having to decorate a booth or bring any um items along for delegate bags or anything like that they can be creative because you know you can't bring a, a case study along to your uh, conferences all of the time and now this you know you could make this like highlight reel of a thousand people saying how great their, their business is and you'd be like well i want to be involved in that how can they help me um in line with that, obviously there is extended reach, so that it's not just the people in the room anymore. It's, it can be the people in the room, the people online, different geographical locations overseas. You know, there is no limits to the people that they can um, that they can contact in this way. They can bring, um, they can build trust. So, depending on um, what sector your uh, sponsors or, or, or investors of, of your virtual event might be in, but I can guarantee that every single sector has. Um, EDI and and inclusivity and accessibility at the top of their um, priorities. And if they're not, then they definitely should be. So by sponsoring a virtual element, they are saying we are investing in projects that are for everybody um, and that are safe for everybody and that are helpful for everybody. They have bigger visibility because they're not just you know, amongst this massive room and whoever has the biggest, shiniest sign is the one that gets noticed. They all have a uh, fair and even representation um, during that event. Um, and another positive is that they don't have to leave, leave home. They could actually be sponsoring 10 different events on one day. Um, I mean Simon says this says there's a lot about in-person events but often the reason why they prefer that is because they like the social aspect of it you know they they're actually looking for a cover um, to, to to have a break away um, from home but if they were truly in it and um, for the purpose and the reason of wanting to uh, connect with their um with, with their potential customers and uh, to show people uh, how they, how they help um, and how they uh, interact with people. Then the virtual element is by far you know one of the best ways for uh, sponsors to be involved in your event. When working with a virtual event platform, please work with one where your platform is willing to help you uh, get the most out of your sponsorship opportunity. We obviously, our main clientele are people in um, in charities. And because we've worked in charities before, we really want to help them succeed. So sometimes what we've done is we've actually just jumped onto a call with an event organiser and their sponsor, done a little quick tour and shown them, you know, what it looks like and what's possible and then just left them to it. So please only work with people who actually want to like help you succeed um, and please work with platforms that allow you to And get the most out of that sponsorship um, opportunity because when great things like that happen and when you use the right tools um uh to, to 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 do this then obviously you know you have like the best possible outcome you can see the difference of that like compared to um to to what you would see on on Zoom uh, or, or Teams or things like that, where you wouldn't actually be able to personalize any of it. Um, so that uh, that's just my little um, last uh, last little bit of tip on that one. Um, so just to go back to the slides for a moment, um, just to recap on on what I was just explaining there. Um, please do have meetings with your sponsors and talk through what they want to get out of the of the virtual event. Um, have they sponsored virtual events previously? What did they enjoy about um, that experience? What was missing? You know, have they attended virtual events before? And, and is there anything that they would like to see? What is their main goal from it? Because we might just assume that it's there, but actually quite a lot of sponsors and especially the ones that we work with in the charity sector, they just want to help people and they want to like give their insights and, and their resources to these people. And then if people see that and want to work with them, then they're happy for that to come to them. But on the other end of the scale, you will have like the proper old school type of sponsors that are like data, 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 we want 10,000 leads. But you won't know that and you won't get your proposal right unless you actually have a conversation with them and find that out. Once you've found that out, craft your proposal um, and then share that through with them with some examples, with some mock ups, similar to the one that you've seen today. I'm happy to share any with you if you were using our platform and then move it along. If this is the first time that you have been running virtual events and getting sponsors involved, Always work with the long term view of, you know, getting these people to come on board for more like what I refer to as formal partnerships, but not formal as in stuffy. I just mean you're not just doing this last minute for each event. You actually have um, a program of things that work. That's great for you because you know what income you've got going coming in. And you know what that success of that event is going to look like. And also these partners and sponsors can help you promote your event. And um, But then on the other side for the sponsor, they're getting a great service as well because you're actually able to weave them in um, to that event curation from the very beginning and get their insights in on it. They can pitch in with any information from their customers who you will be reaching, who can help you to get that content right. But also from a marketing perspective, they get the full um, the full uh, cover of, of being um, involved in your events. So whenever you are working with these people, just always like have it in, in mind. Um, I'm gonna uh, follow this up and, and let them know the success of this and, and then we'll move on to a bigger part- partnership. Um, after your virtual event finishes, do a little wrap up. Um, so we we send people um, just a, a brief summary of um, you know numbers, uh, not who was there, because at the moment people aren't opting in to hear from that and, and we protect that data although people will have the choice moving forward um, and we tell them like you know job titles things like that but one thing that we love to share with our sponsors um, on our platform is feedback from people you know what were their top learnings um, of the sessions and especially if that's you know a sponsor that's put all of that effort of putting that content together then that's really nice to get someone going this really helped me and, and changed how I work so definitely do that. Please add personality and warmth to your sponsor relationships, because these are humans and, and they don't want it to feel transactional. It's all about relationships. Um, and the beauty of all this and uh, virtual is that you can put that extra effort into the support. Uh, I'm saying again into the sponsor relationship because you're not having to worry about all of those um logistics of, uh, of organizing an in-person event. Um, another example that I wanted to show you just very quickly before I hand over the assignment um, is another thing that um, this is from one of our clients, um, Illinois Food Bank, who hosted a gala on our platform uh, last year. Um, and obviously, you're on what we refer to our, as, as our main stage. Um, but what they had in addition to the main stage was some breakout rooms that they used for watch parties. Um, and these were built into the event site. And as you can see, these were sponsored um, as well and only the people who had bought a table at that room were able to to be in there much like you know if you were at an in-person gala and you can see here that the people who rocked up for this event um you know they they really made the most of it uh, and got dressed up for the occasion and the beautiful thing was is when the event finished they were just logged off and had a cup of tea and they were at home um another client who had an event on our platform they had a 60,000 pound target that they were never able to reach for their in-person event and then they held um their uh their gala uh, virtually and they smashed it by 160,000 uh, dollars because they were able to bring more people in, they were able to work with people over, you know, different borders, not just from the the local space. And they were able to really work on the relationships and helping the sponsors get more out of that interaction than actually having to be, you know, heads down into an in-person um in, in, in an in-person curation. So there's lots of different opportunities for your sponsors to be able to get involved uh, in this. And it's about working with people uh, to find out what what they want and then crafting the perfect choice from from that. Another way that you can make money through your uh, virtual events is by selling tickets to it. And we do have a lot of clients and um, that, you know, even make a living um, by hosting virtual events on our platform. So I'm going to hand you over to Simon now, who is going to talk to us about ticket sales and marketing.
1: Thank you very much Nikki and uh, apologies to Nikki and to everyone listening because I am in transit um so you don't have a live live footage of me you have live audio um but the live footage of me is an old avatar but you're you're better off because that's me before covid so i want to talk a little bit about um ticket sales and and especially around pricing of tickets and just some of the things to consider in a virtual event um, which is maybe different from what you might be used to in in-person in events. But I would love to hear um, in the chat box or, or any other way you want to communicate with me or just even thinking to yourself, what do you think is a fair price for a virtual event? I mean, would you say, you know, five pounds to attend a virtual event is fair? Would you say a hundred pounds? Would you say a thousand uh, quid, a thousand dollars, a thousand pounds, wherever you're from? What would you say is a fair value or, uh, to put on that ticket? Um, this is, of course, a trick question, um, but I think it, it kind of highlights, you know, what we're facing here, in that very often people come into virtual events and and maybe have some some notions or some thoughts about what seems like a fair price to them, based on what they've attended before or what they've seen in the past. But actually, how we price our ticket it varies massively. Of course, it does. It it, it depends on. Um, The value that you're bringing to that event, it depends on, you know, what the content is and how valuable that is to people. Um, You know, for example, uh, Elton John can charge a lot more than me uh, currently, uh, unfortunately. Um, But but, you know, we do need to consider what we're putting in front of people and then we have to consider the demand for that. So obviously that's going to fluctuate how we how we charge for these tickets. But I have seen people um, who have run conferences, uh, virtual conferences, where the ticket is over a thousand pounds to attend. And I've seen people pay that. Um, and so going down all the way to the scale, sometimes people get very nervous about their, their events and they'll they'll charge on the low side, maybe around five quid a ticket or even free access because they don't necessarily have confidence in their product. Um, and And what I want you to consider here is that Actually, you know what we want to do is just make sure we're not undervaluing our um, virtual event, and that's very often what we tend to see people do uh, is go towards undervaluing it rather than rather than overvaluing it. Um, we see often people see virtual as second best compared to an in-person conference, and therefore they don't feel they can charge those prices or sometimes even anywhere near those prices but there is no right answer to this. And so if you have strong content, if you have good uh, engagement, if you have a good audience who likes what you do, then you can afford to push that up. And what I would say is that when you are pricing your ticket, it is much, much easier to reduce the price and offer discounts and things like that, That we're gonna, and, and I'll go into that. It's much easier to do that than it is to increase the price. Once you, once you put a price tag on of free, or five dollars, or whatever you put on, you're going to find it really, really hard to increase that price because people get used to that. You'll have no trouble decreasing it. Um, and so, what I would say is, have the confidence to come in initially. Um, you know, confident in your product, confident that you can put a price tag on it. And and what we have to do with this is test and learn. Um, there is no right answer. There is no right answer because there's so many variables in there in terms of your audience and content. Um, that that. This is going to be a learning experience for you. So if you're brand new to virtual events, then, then, you know, um, look at what other people are charging, uh, look at maybe what feels right or what you've charged for in-person events in the past. Um, and, and do uh, test and learn from those, um, um, before you start to adjust that price don't necessarily be led by what other people are doing, but just know that there are people out there who are charging, uh, in the thousands for their virtual event tickets and they are selling those tickets. Um, but to give you, you know, a better sense of maybe what we do for our events, what you'll usually see is that our our in per uh, uh, sorry our virtual events for a, a conference we would charge around fifty to eighty pounds for a ticket, um, and for a, a kind of one off an hour session we would maybe charge around twenty pounds for something like that. But having said that, again, depending on the content on the audience, we have charged more, and sometimes we re- will run uh, events for free or for less. And so also consider that that you know what are you trying to achieve with this event if you are relying on ticket sales um, um to bring your income in then obviously you know you have to charge for those and you have to find the right balance that's going to make you the most profit but you know if you want people there if you want to build that data so that you can uh, uh, work with people to try and sell to them or convert them into donors or or customers in the future and you may wanna supply free access so that you can you can drive them in. But what, what I'm trying to get across here is that there isn't one answer. There is a real sliding scale here. Beauties of virtual events, you have unlimited attendees. Well, depending on the platform, you have a lot of room to play here. You don't have to necessarily pick a price and go with it. You can actually uh, uh, move around with that. So just some, some tips when you're uh, thinking about pricing options. Um, what we know from people uh, purchasing their tickets is that people tend to uh, purchase when there's a deadline, or you know, just slightly before the event, um, or if there's an early bird uh, um, a deadline there. And so, when you're pricing your your tickets, do create that urgency with your own early birds. And I have seen conference who will, um, you know, increase the price of their their event literally every week as they're getting closer to it. And so, there's always that increasing sense of urgency, increasing uh, sense of deadline. To encourage people to do it, so so as marketers, as the the salespeople behind this event, which is really what you are, you are trying to create that urgency through these early birds, through those these discounts. Whether that's affected by the price or whether that's affected by what's included in with that ticket, um, we do want to create that urgency so that we can um, encourage people to buy those tickets. Do use discount codes and offers. Like I said, it's it's much easier to reduce your price than it is going to be to increase your price at the future. So if you actually um, um, you know, decide the price of your event, is going to be £100, and then ticket sales are maybe not the way that you want them to be, you can start to use discount codes and offers on your registration platform um, to really, really encourage that. Um, excuse me if you can hear my budgies in the background. They are also traveling with me. Uh, it's a long story. Um, but by using those discount codes and offers, what you can do, because you don't you you don't have a, a limit on the number of attendees, you can actually start to offer people two-for-one offers. Uh, you can get in touch with sponsors or with potential corporates uh, or potential partners and, and, and voluntary groups and actually offer them perhaps 10 tickets for the price of one. You can really kind of throw tickets at people just to get them to the event, just to get their data and just to start engaging them. I mean, what I always talk about when it comes to sponsorship and ticket sales and all these things, the best way to get someone to uh, be involved with your event um, this year is to have them involved for free the year before. So, very much, I will be looking into the future when I'm marketing for an event. You know, if I want to try to secure someone as a sponsor for next year, I will send them free tickets or discounted tickets for this year. And it's part of that engagement just to get them uh, uh, interested in it, just to show them what it's all about. And so when it comes to selling to them next year, it's gonna be much, much easier because we've already offered value to them um, in the past. Um, do your research and ask. Um, so do do uh, research what other people are doing and what your audience would do. Um, like I always say in, in marketing, in fundraising, in sales, you don't have to be a mind reader um, and and sometimes I really really encourage asking people uh, you know you asking your audience what they think what do they think is a fair price before you go on sale what would they like to see that's included you know get their feedback obviously you know what what our goals are and what our values are sometimes trumps what their feedback is but we can use this as an engagement tool really to survey people to ask them uh, and to see what they what they'll do i mean some of our events that we actually run we do a pay what you can afford model Um, and so actually we don't name our ticket price but we strongly encourage people to pay if they're in a position where they can't pay and they need to attend for free they could do that Um, but what we'll what we'll often do is say pay what you you can afford and so people put in their own value and you'll see a huge range of what people are Uh, you know think is fair but it gives you a good sense uh for future events what you know that figure is going to land at, and it gives you a good sense of identifying um uh who in your audience can't afford to buy a ticket or won't uh or isn't willing to pay for a ticket and then identify those potential major players in it who have who have um you know chosen to donate or pay for a ticket much higher than um than you possibly would have expected um, and then think about added value and tiered tickets on the next slide you can see an example from our friends at refuge um and and it, when they're running their events they have these tiered tickets um sorry i'm just waiting for the slides to change hopefully they'll change in a second um on the refuge first thing yeah here we go uh, you can see that they've actually done tiered tickets and um for some of their vip tickets they'll do a um uh you get a free t-shirt with it or an included t-shirt with it and as we all know uh, charity followers love uh, t-shirts, love free merch. Uh, think about you know what's relevant to your organisation that you can give that's um, that's that's helpful, um, um, that's going to offer more to it. And so again, tier those tickets. You can really um, you know put in unlimited numbers of tickets. Even on I know on our registration platform and, and maybe some others as well. You can almost create a journey in that registration form where based on what their the questions they're answering based on the elements that they're reg- registering for based on the add-ons it actually live affects the price that they're paying. so do really take that into account you know all these different things that you can offer um, whether it's uh, private screenings I mean you can see here refuge they have some great offerings here you get access to the recordings for longer. Uh, if you buy a more expensive ticket, otherwise you have to watch the live sessions only. Uh, some events we've worked on—they'll—they'll uh, they'll do VIP tickets where you get to meet some of the speakers or some of the celebrities who are involved in a virtual meeting room afterwards. Whereas the people with the plane tickets don't. I mean, on our platform, and and I, I imagine some other platforms can do this. You can actually have different event pages for different ticket levels, and they will include different things based on how much they've paid or what, what group of attendees, what group of customers they are. So there really is so much scope here. And again, what, what it always comes back to is thinking about, okay, what's a value to our audience, what's interesting to them and how can we um, provide something that's going to uh, make them part with their money because there's so many ways um, to part with their money. Um, there's a question in the chat box which which we'll, we will try and get to, but do feel free anyone to share your opinion um, with Jess uh, to know if anyone's done early bird for virtual and non-virtual events and then felt like they can't not offer an early bird in the future. Absolutely, Jess, and and uh, you know it goes to my pricing of of you know if you're offering free or very cheap pricing, it 100% does a hundred percent does does set a precedence. Um, And so you really have to keep that in mind that people will come to expect this from your events in the future. Now, an early bird isn't isn't quite such a big deal of setting that precedence because, again, you can set that early bird at the price you want um, and you can set the deadlines for that early bird that that you want. But, yeah, people do pay attention to this and then they do start to make assumptions that uh, in the future this is what's going to happen and and any increase is going to seem like a big increase to them. Um, So just uh, um, some other points on me around a um, in in terms of ticketing is this seems like a silly thing, but do you have a budget, you know, do you have a budget and have uh, uh, targets that you're working to on this? You know, obviously, in our mind, the goal is always we go into this thinking, well, it would be nice to sell as many tickets as possible but let's be really really realistic here and let's be really you know even conservative here if you you know i'm a very, i'm a pessimist by nature uh, and i'm also an ex accountant so when I look at like ticket projections, I'll almost always half those ticket projections. You know, can we make this event work with half the ticket sales that we're going gonna to work to? But you definitely need a figure in your head and the numbers um, that you're working to rather than just this attitude of, okay, let's try and sell as many as we can. We as we can, we are going to sell as many as you can, but we need to know, okay, what do we have to work? How many tickets do we need to make uh, sell to make this profitable, at what level? And how much room does that then give us to offer these discounts, to give these free tickets, To groups that we're trying to engage. um, And so be really, really mindful of the actual numbers. Um, Consider your journey to maximize the return. So events are not one off. Yeah, Your, your event is not finished and then it's done. As organizations, as marketers, as fundraisers, as salespeople, there is a journey that we're taking people on. And the event is just one part of that. And so in the run-up to the event, we have opportunities to communicate with them and and to try and generate more income through cross-selling, through opportunities to donate, through opportunities to buy merchandise, things like that. And then beyond that event, have a real concrete plan. Okay, what is gonna happen with these people who've bought early bird tickets in the future? What is gonna happen with people who've bought full price tickets or VIP tickets? What is gonna happen with the people that we've sent free tickets to? How do we engage them over the coming months so that next time this comes around, they're not just waiting for a free ticket, but they're prepared to pay for this. So there is a real journey in here and your element literally is just a small part of that. You know, it takes a lot of your work to organize, but in, in the grand scheme of marketing and, 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 gen- and income generation is we have to consider what that full journey is. Um, I've also said capitalize on unlimited attendees. This is one of the great things we have um, going for us with virtual events. Is is if you if you're working with a good platform, you have unlimited attendees. So make the most of those free tickets. Or if anyone study e- economics, those lost leaders. You know what can we do just to get people in so that we can cross out, add on merch. Add on perhaps uh, um, you know access to the recordings, add on access to the next event, add on private meetings afterwards. Um, you know use that unlimited attendees. it doesn't you're not going to run out of tickets on a, on a good virtual event, and so you can uh, afford to throw more at people with a view to converting them or, or actually selling to them in the future. Um, and then, you know, um, t- touching on s- stuff that Nikki has said before and that we say in, in all these webinars that we run is use your partners around you. Use organizations, use voluntary groups who are interested in the work you do. Use private Facebook groups who are who focus on the area that your event is relevant to. Work with partners, work with sponsors, uh, work with speakers, work with your guests. These are going to be the people who really tap into your ticket sales. You know, it's all well and good that you, you're saying you're saying how great the event is and trying to get as many people as registered. You have your core audience who already follow you and who are perhaps on already on your newsletter, and and you know they're a good target. But the colder people who've never heard of you, um, it's going to mean a lot more coming from someone that they have a relationship with rather than coming from you cold. So before you put start putting money in uh, cold advertising in Facebook ads and things like that, really make the most of the people around you, the organizations you partner with, the groups you partner with. Your sponsors, your speakers, and just make sure that they're promoting your tickets. Make sure that they have discount codes that they can provide. Uh, You know, even give them three tickets. Give every one of your speakers 10 free tickets to send to people so that they're going to bring in this data for you. And then for your next event, not that event, but your next event, you're going to have that data in an effort to convert them uh, into paid speakers. Now, hopefully, Nikki is uh, back to join me and you can see uh, a lovely animated face again rather than my static. Uh, avatar. Hi, Nikki.
0: <laughs> Um That's another benefit of virtual. It doesn't matter where your sponsors are or where your speakers are. They can beam in from anywhere, even if you've been roped in last minute by a pesky uh, business partner um, to present on ticket sales. So I appreciate your flexibility, uh, Simon, but you can pop off now uh, and I'll see you in the breakout room after.
1: Thanks, Nikki. Anything for you, you know it.
0: OK, well, I've got that recorded now and uh, I'm going to use that segment whenever I ask you to do anything. Um, so, yeah, I did just mention we have a live uh, Q&A section, which is going to begin in just a moment. So any questions that you do have, especially if they are specific to your organization or event, that's the best place to ask them. Um, and Jess, I did answer your question there in, in the chat box. I know Simon has as well. It's really hard to go from a free event to a, a paid one although not not impossible and um, but people don't expect uh discounts um for, for events so if you've um you know if you've done an early bird one year and then not the following year you know we've we've done that like we've had events where um you know, it's, uh, it, it's been uh, necessary uh, to, to charge full price for that. You know, we pay all of our speakers and depending on the topic of the conversation, especially if it's like anti-racism or uh, accessibility or other kind of EDI work, um, then we do ask pay- people to pay full price for that because we then like push it back into the improvements that are being made. Um, and we've we've never had people, you know, asking for, you know, for us to revert back or, or anything like that, so hope that answers that particular question Um, and just a couple more points here just around other ways that you can make money with your virtual events Um, so we've held a couple of festivals on our platform and where the content has been um, you know like sound baths and music uh, or things like that Um, and what they had as part of their uh, festival site was a link to their existing online shop Uh, where they sold some of their merchandise so you can do that as well through your virtual event um you can do upsells depending on the platform that you're using so if someone's engaging with one piece of content it's like hey if you like this you might like that why don't you book onto this why don't you come to that and it's just little prompts just to move people along um Evergreen content. So the beautiful thing about virtual events is that even when it's finished, it doesn't have to stop. And we do that with fundraising everywhere. So as soon as an event is um, completed, and we we, we we hit the end button, all of the sessions from the conference are chopped down into individual webinars. And they go onto our website where they are sold as individual webinars. So people can come on and they can buy those um, on their own, or they can buy the full conference. But the beautiful thing is then that you know, that doesn't have to then be like redone, it can just be reused. And if you have uh, the the benefit of, you know, having someone in your team who uh, does paid social or organic social, anything like that, if you have like a consistent, um, you know, lead or, or, or hook magnet, um, and then a great email journey, you can actually just use that as a constant income driver to get the free um, expression of interest, and then move them along through an email journey to then, you know, sell the rest of the content that you've got to use. And again, you know, we have people and some customers on our platform where that is all they do, like that is is their job, like that is their business. They have a webinar happening somewhere, and then it pushes to an online conference that they sell for, you know, hundreds of pounds um and it ranges you know we we have um events on our platform where the ticket price is one pound five pound but we still now post pandemic have people hosting conferences on our platform where the ticket prices are 400 pounds plus and people are paying them so please don't get into that mindset of people won't pay for it because it's virtual and it's not worth as much because as we've covered today there's so many benefits um and interaction points for that that people can um can, can definitely uh, like get loads of value from that, especially as a sponsor. Um, and another thing is around affiliate content. Now, this could be for you making money or somebody else making money. Like if you have all of this content and, uh, and resource um, available, if people promote your content into their communities on your behalf, they can get a cut of that income, but you then get their data and also the income from the, that existing marketing that you wouldn't have got. Or you could do it the other way. You know, you could provide your content to someone else and have that hosted on other platforms. They promote it on your behalf and then you get a cut of that as an affiliate. So the beautiful thing is that there's just no limits to this, but also still think of it in some ways as an in-person event where you have all of these opportunities to weave people into it. But the key thing that I want you to take away from this is that the 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 medium the online event like that's not the success part it's about the relationships it's exactly what Simon said it's the offline stuff around like how are you interacting with them how are you moving them along on the journey like what's their long-term goal for them how are you communicating with them and making them feel appreciated um how are you like debriefing and getting their input and getting their feedback how are you working on getting um these partners or these people and coming back one of the ways um that we raise income on fundraising everywhere is by starting a membership program. So instead of promoting all of our events as individual events, we just said, look, why don't you pay a monthly um, subscription of 30 euros per month? And then you're just automatically registered for everything. And that helps because then obviously we can predict and manage that flow of income. It helps them because they never need to remember to register for anything and they get loads of extra content. And it helps our members because we before we've even started organizing an event we already have 500 plus people registered for it because we have it there as part of the membership so don't think transactional um don't think you know too small have conversations with people build relationships with people and if you need any help every wednesday we have free coaching calls and where you can come on for half an hour ask any questions about your virtual event even if you're not even using our platform And we will help you. Um, And you can request me if it's anything around like sponsorship or, or ticket and that you want to discuss. Lovely. But otherwise, I will see you in just a moment over in the breakout room.